for Golf Course Industry. I'm Rick Wolfel. Thank you for joining us today. My guests are Kenyon Kyle, the superintendent at Audubon Country Club in Naples, Florida, and Chris Derrick, a field sales agronomist for Coke Agronomic Services. Gentlemen, thank you, both of us, both of you, for joining us today. We're going to talk about aeration and specifically fall aeration. And Kenyon, you've been in this business almost three decades and 22 years as a superintendent. As you get ready for what's going to be the peak of your golf season, what are your big concerns as you get ready to schedule your aeration going into the fall and winter? Um, honestly, our biggest concern after last year is I hope we don't have any more hurricanes uh, because that definitely put an impact on our playability last season. Um, but we focus on on our uh, leading into our our prime season being the winter months all summer long. So we don't really just start it in the fall. Um, we do five airifications, and that starts in May, and our last airification is in September. How do you go about timing your last aeration? What factors go into that? The biggest factor is that we are fully recovered and ready for full member play by mid-October, October 15th. The fact that you're a member-owned facility, you're part of a residential development, does that give you a little more flexibility in terms of when you want to schedule? Or to put it differently, you don't have to worry about declining revenue the way you might if you were a public facility? That is correct. Um, simultaneously, we're we're an 18-hole facility. Um, we have a small group of people that are here year-round. Um, so although we don't have the revenue issue that you discussed, we do have the, uh, the need for our full-time year-round residents to be able to get out and play golf. a little bit about the golf course. I know it's just about 30 years old, 29 years old. Uh, what's it like in terms of turf and other unique characteristics? Um, we originally were 419 Bermuda grass and Tiff Eagle greens that were done about 20 years ago. Um, in 2015 and 2016, we converted all of the playing surfaces except the greens to celebration Bermuda grass. And uh, this year, I'm right in the middle of this project of completely rebuilding our greens, uh, USGA spec, and we are continuing to use Tiff Eagle as our turf grass for the putting surfaces. How are the members? Um, I'll of tell you, we're, we're literally right on the Gulf of Mexico. Um, so it's a little different along the coast as far as rainfall compared to a, fur, a little further inland. Um, if you go five miles off the coast, they probably get 10 to 15 inches more rain than we get right along the coast. And, you know, we deal with some, some issues with sodium. 
going to be my next question. What are some of the issues that you might have to deal with being that close to a body of salt water? You mentioned uh, sodium content. Sodium, uh, we, we do battle bicarbonates in our irrigation water. Um, pH can be a factor with that creeping up. And really just the sandy soils. We're so sandy, um, you know, sometimes it's a challenge to to keep our soils from becoming hydrophobic and, and battling localized water and all the that. So what are some of the other factors that uh, are going through your mind when you're getting ready to do that aeration? That might be unique to you. That might be unique to your facility. Um, I don't know how unique this is to our facility, but uh, a lot of what's going through my mind are what soil amendments I need to incorporate in the in the in the different areas. Um, we do have. I said we were how sandy we were, but we do have some areas that are a little muckier, um, areas where maybe a lake was dug to, to uh, build part of the golf course and it's a heavier soil. So there's some areas that we're trying to lighten the soil and, and incorporate a lot more straight sand. And then there are areas that are so sandy that we're trying to incorporate some medium to help us retain more moisture and nutrients. How has the golf course changed over the nine years that you've been there and over the 29 that, it, that it's been there? I'm sure you've done some research or did some research as to what the golf course originally looked like. So how has it evolved over the course of time? Uh, originally, it was a very, very tight golf course. Uh, you had vegetation um it just made the golf holes significantly narrower than they are right now. Um, so we've been able to widen out some landing areas and, and improve. Uh, it's still a challenging golf course, and now I would say it's fair. Uh, I think early on there were some areas that was so tight that it wasn't exactly fair. Um, I think just the, the overall turf quality has certainly improved during my time just from all the work that my staff and I have uh, accomplished. Uh, in addition to our greens project this summer, we're also focusing on some golf course beautification and adding some natural but flowering vegetation and some of the, the buffers around the greens and tees. I know you work frequently with Coke's line of products. What products do you utilize, not just during aeration, but during the rest of the year, and how have they benefited you? Um, predominantly polyon and, and some blends using their Neutraline products. Um, we use a lot of the polymer-coated materials. I think that's a great technology. Um, we, in fact, we uh, most recently used it in the pre-plant mix, the pre-plant fertilizer mix before we we sprigged greens, and that just gives you an opportunity to make one application, incorporate it into the soil, and know that 
through the early stages of the, the development of that grass, you don't have to come out and push a spreader or, or drive a sprayer across it, and you've still got the fertilizer there um, providing nutrients to the new plants. Um, I like the release characteristics of, of the polyon. I like the fact that you can coat virtually anything with it. Um, I use the Neutraline products in the wintertime um, in, in a semi-slow release blend for, for my greens management. I think the consistency of the products is, is a big factor for me, and they've always, they couldn't be more consistent. Chris, I'm going to start from there with you, and I have spoken with another superintendent on this subject, and he echoed Kenyon's thoughts that when he uses a coke fertilizer, he knows what he's going to get. He knows how his fairways will react, his greens, his teas, the rough, whatever. And that, I'm sure, is a godsend to a superintendent knowing, knowing what he's going to get. That's correct. Absolutely, Rick. When you look at Polyon and what and its unique release characteristics that are temperature driven, you know, one of the one of the tools that a lot of superintendents have on their golf course is some type of weather weather station and, and access to historical weather data to really get a good handle on on what those temperature changes may be during the season. And uh, so, you know, factoring that into its, its, its release profile, there's a lot of extra tools that we have available to superintendents to really help them dial in, you know, what nutritional needs they're looking for. You know, we're not always in the business of, of maintaining grass. A lot of times we're in the, in the process of, of renovations or promoting more growth to kind of heal and, uh, and and grow back in, if you will, for playability. So uh, Kenyon alluded to his his uh, usage of the products where uh, as a pre-plant, you know, you're not so much worried about a lot of the sizing issues. Uh, you just have the ability to incorporate products, both, pop, you know, nitrogen-based and uh, urea-based, for, for example, and then also potassium-based that can help be that backbone of nutrition and not require that, that frequent application of a, of a walk-spreading uh, fertilizer. So, And I've, I've actually done that in the past where we looked at using uh, some of our mini-sized products like our Polyon 40, 4100, which, are, which has a 150 SGN, and mix that with some of our SOP products and uh, just put that out after floating the sand and, um, and, and using that as a, as a tool to really be that, that base nutrition. Would the protocol vary for somebody like Kenyon who does five aerations a year as opposed to somebody further north, maybe in the transition zone or even farther north, where they're going to aerate maybe twice a year and they've got four seasons? Where Kenyon is, you don't have uh, as much of an effect of winter weather, obviously. So how would this protocol be different as far as application and that kind of thing? Well, I think the, the actual season aspect of it is the most important when we look at the temperature changes that, that go through from season to season. Uh, where, where I've worked in the past, we work primarily on big grass, greens, even up here in you know, central Alabama where it's quite hot and humid. But uh, the timing of it is certainly very key because, you know, you don't want to leave holes open, the aerification holes too open too long because there can be more potential for desiccation and, uh, and it just all around affects the playability. Certainly the grass is not going to be significantly damaged, but you're trying to keep that, that course open as much as possible, keep the greens 
play, playing very nicely. So I think the timing is key uh, from a fertility standpoint. Uh, you know, a, a lot of superintendents kind of use different things. I mean, a lot of them kind of lean towards the liquids when they do uh, airifications. Uh, but one thing that a, a lot of people have really adapted is is incorporation some of incorporating some of our potash technologies like our OO50 within the sand that goes back into the airification hole. Uh, that is something that is an extra step in the preparation side of, of verification, but it is something that, you know, you're wanting, you're wanting to promote, promote more root development, and uh, certainly potash can help in that sense. And so I think the timing is, is the main thing that may change in that protocol. Uh, the products, you know, give or take, they can be overlapped in a lot of different geographical environments. I think it just gets back to understanding their release mechanisms, some being water-driven, some being temperature-driven, and some actually being inhibitor-based uh, to where that extends their longevity. So it's it, we're really excited at Coke because we have a very large portfolio that does provide a lot of different options. We're not really just promoting one key technology, one key brand. We're, we're excited to really talk about what's the superintendent trying to achieve and how can we help him achieve that with our, with our portfolio. Kenyon, even in the time that you have been at Audubon, uh, nine years, uh, have you found that you have more tools available from Coke or there are more options in your, in your arsenal for an aeration or, or doing anything else? Oh, without a doubt, and that list could be pretty long. Um, you know, the length, being able to uh, retool the length or the release curve of these products is huge. Um, so you can design these products to last, you know, a three-week release curve or six-month release curve. Um, that helps keep uh, keep the soil fed. Um, that kind of puts us on cruise control, so to speak. And then we can come back in with our foliar applications when you want to pass the guy and you need to step on the gas a little bit. Um, a big factor to me, particularly, we've got about eight months of the year where we're very busy with member play. And there are times I want to get out and address maybe some high traffic areas from all the cart traffic, um, but I don't have a closure during the day to do that. So the polyon-based products, if you go with a 43, 43 and a half, I'm very comfortable putting that down even in dew in the morning ahead of play and not having any fertilizer burn. Um, so those type of things definitely have increased how we can uh, manage our golf courses. Gentlemen, we thank both of you for your time today. Uh, I'm sure this podcast will be an asset to other superintendents. Uh, Chris, do you want to add any final thoughts about uh, the Coke product line? Anybody that's interested to learn more, uh, we certainly have a lot of resources available to, to superintendents out there. So uh, one being our website, uh, www.coketurf.com, K-O-C-H-T-U-R-F.com. Uh, start there. And I tell you what, we have a great sales team and a great agronomy team. So we, uh, we are passionate about what we do, and we certainly want to continue the relationship that we have with superintendents and uh, help them in any way we can. And really appreciate you, Rick, for putting this together for us. 
my guest, Kenyon Kyle, the superintendent at Audubon Country Club in Naples, Florida. Chris Derrick is a field ser- field sales agronomist for Coke Agronomic Services. I'm Rick Wolfel. Join us next time.